coming under. This special March Madness edition of Red Seat Rundown is brought to you by Harbor Point Apparel. Are you tired of wearing the same clothes that everyone else wears? Looking for the newest trend? Well, look no further. Harbor Point Apparel is the world's newest clothing and lifestyle brand, committed to bringing you the classiest New England-infused clothing around. I got one of their hats recently, and I'm pretty sure I'm never going to wear another hat again. So make sure you check out Harbor Point Apparel on Instagram, at Harbor Point Apparel, and on their website, harborpointapparel.com. Harbor Point, combining contemporary New England apparel with the timeless American quality you love and respect. Let's go. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Cause your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. See, we can go where we want to, place where they will never find. And we can act like we come from out of this world, leave the real one far behind. Real neat from our hearts to our feet And surprise them with a victory cry Say, we can act if we want to If we don't, nobody will And you can act real rude and totally removed And I can act like an imbecile Say, we can dance, we can dance Everything's out of control We can dance, we can dance We're doing it from pole to pole We can dance, we can dance Everybody look at your hands We can dance we can dance. Everybody's taking the chance. All right. Welcome to Red Seat Sports. Welcome to the rundown. It's a special, special edition we're doing for you here today. That's right. We're usually broadcasting on Thursdays, but tonight we're broadcasting. This week we're broadcasting on a Wednesday for a couple different reasons. One, we really want to get a preview of the NCAA tournament out there. Josiah and myself are both very passionate fans of the NCAA tournament. Huge bracket, guys. I've been staring at my bracket for about, what is it, four days now, three days now, whatever it is since Selection Sunday. Yeah. Well, I haven't slept. Wednesday, so I say that's three days since Three Sunday. days. Three days, there it is. I can't even think straight. I haven't slept. I haven't slept. I haven't showered. The only time I've slept is with the bracket right next to my pillow. I've hardly, I've hardly ate. I haven't washed my hands. It's really been it's really been a rough time. I haven't I've, I've loved every minute of it. I'm growing my March Madness beard, <laughs> my March Madness mustache. It's coming in. You can see a couple of hairs. It says no shave November. Shadow. No no shave November. That's not what it is. It's mustache March Madness. <laughs> well, that's unique. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, there you go. It's the word on the street well, at least. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I'm definitely going to keep the keep the keep the beard. It's a little good luck charm. Probably going to help me get a perfect bracket. As usual. Probably. All right, so let's just jump right into it. There's a lot to talk about with this bracket. Basically, what we're going to do this this show, we're going to break down the bracket. We're going to go we're gonna go region by region and, and give our thoughts on it. So let's start out with the East region. What do you think about with the East? All right, East region. So we've got the number one overall seed in the tournament, Villanova, obviously, um, and Duke. Villanova and Duke definitely headline this, this uh, regional. But I'll say it's a pretty deep regional. There's a lot of really yeah. quality teams. <laughs> it is deep. Um, upset picks, not so much. Uh, but 
I don't know. It's going to be an interesting regional. You've got a lot of big names. You've got teams like Villanova, teams like Wisconsin, Virginia Tech, UVA, Florida, um, Duke, obviously, Marquette, even Baylor and SMU, teams that are big names in college basketball that can yeah. recruit at a high level. Um, these aren't your, These aren't any teams that are going to come out of nowhere and surprise you. So it's going to be an interesting bracket. Um, obviously, I think the big contenders – are Villanova and Duke. I think that's what most people have. Um, I don't know. What do you, I, I have Villanova coming out of this bracket. I'll start out with that. I think yeah. that, um, obviously, the last year's champions, uh, they, they lost a few guys. They lost Archie Diakono. They lost Ochefu. But they've been equally as good, if not better, this year, winning the Big East, yeah, winning incredible. the Big East Conference Tournament. Uh, they look the Big East has gone better ever. this year. The, yeah. Winning the Big East this year is more impressive than winning it last yeah, year. Yeah, the Big East has kind of solidified itself as a high major now. It used yeah. to be one of those mid-majors. Definitely bringing it back to its 80s glory. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. What do you what, what do you think? I think, so, I'll say this. The East is a really interesting bracket for me because after the conference tournaments, I watched basically, I, I watched as many games as I possibly could of the conference championships. And coming out of that, I thought, wow, Duke is incredible. Like I'm, I am gonna, I'm gonna pick Duke to win it all. And then came time to win, to pick my bracket, and I was thinking to myself, and I realized, what am I saying? I hate Duke. <laughs> There's no way I could ever root for Duke, even if how, how, however great Jason Tatum is, Luke Kennard, all the guys, they're a fantastic team. But there's no way I can ever root for Duke. And it, it and I think it, it is, and it works out for me. Because one of the biggest dark horses of the tournament is, is in the East, and that is SMU. I know you're also a fan of SMU, Josiah. I don't know if you have them pick over Duke, but I love SMU. Their starting five can go up against anybody in the tournament. They don't have too much depth. Other than that, they have like they have like five guys who play 30 minutes a game, and then after that it drops down to about 15 minutes a game. But they are very, very, very good. And I think that they can pull it out against Duke. If they, they if they can they're very high high tempo offense. If they control the tempo from the beginning, I don't think Duke has a chance. And I think I think Duke they've been running really really hot right now, but I think they're going to fall back to the regular season standards. They've been hot, but it was four days. It was really only four days, and you only need to play consistently for a couple days to win a tournament. And I think their time's going to come where they're going to meet their match, and it's going to be against SMU. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Duke is an interesting team, obviously. Coming as the fifth seed in the ACC tournament, they've had a very tumultuous year. Coach K being out uh, for a while there. Grayson Allen, obviously yeah. the freaking dirtiest player in the. Yeah, I'll say this. I also basketball. I also have karma on my side, and basically every law of nature that there possibly could be. Let's it's just going say against that. Duke. <laughs> it's going against Duke. Yeah. So for sins of present and sins of past. <laughs> so what to do with Duke was a big question for me in my bracket because obviously. They came out of nowhere to win the ACC tournament. Well, not really out of nowhere, but they definitely weren't one yeah, of the I mean, favorites. Well, well, coming into the season, everybody everybody agreed, and I think people still do agree, that Duke has the most talented roster in college basketball. That's what everybody was saying coming in. They were the preseason favorites. They have a ridiculous three in Jason Tatum, Luke Kennard, and Grayson Allen. And not only that, but they also have Harry Giles, who was a really high recruit coming out of high school. And he hasn't played well, I mean, at all. He was a lottery pick, and now he's maybe a first-round pick. But towards the end of the ACC tournament, he was starting to turn it on. It seems like their talent is starting to shine through a good bit. It seems like they're, trying, they're starting to see their potential. Yeah, I agree. I think Duke definitely coming together at the end of the season. The keys for them, I'll say, is, one, 
They need their big three to play well, specifically Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen needs to hit shots. When Grayson Allen hits shots, that opens up the game a lot. You know Kennard's going to do his thing. You know Tatum's going to do his thing. But Grayson Allen's really the biggest wild card out of the big three. You don't know if he's going to hit his shots. You don't know if he's going to keep his cool. They need Grayson Allen to play at a high level and to play smart and to uh, just keep his legs to himself, honestly, uh, for them to do well. And I think the Easier other thing said is, than done. yeah, they need their they need their kind of guys like Harry Giles. Their their fringe uh, players like Harry Giles, Matt Jones is another big guy. Matt they need Jones, those guys yeah. to step up, especially in Emil Jefferson, especially defensively. They're not a great defensive team, and I think Matt Jones is a decent defender. But I think Harry Giles, especially at the rim, being a smaller yeah. team, Duke's going to need that that size, yeah, that rim protection down up. the stretch. He's going to really need to step up. But I will say this about Duke and something that worries me about Duke. Um, I definitely am going back and forth with Duke or SMU. Right now I'm leaning Duke, but I could totally see that SMU pick. I think Duke has a really hard path even to get to Villanova in the Elite Eight. I think, obviously, the Troy matchup, not not too difficult. <laughs> but a little, underrated, a little underrated fact, if they win that, if Chalk goes – um, as planned, Duke is scheduled to play their second round game against South Carolina in South Carolina. Greenville, South Carolina. Could be a little bit of a home home City court on the advantage. River. A home court advantage for South Carolina there. Um, that's not a, that's not an easy game. South Carolina is a really good defensive team. Could force some turnovers. Could make it a little challenging. Yeah. Marquette as well. Marquette's a good yeah, team Marquette, as well. Marquette is a team. Even if Marquette, beat I, I actually I have I have Marquette uh, beating South Carolina. Because Marquette is a team that does not play defense. They, I mean, they might as well tie their hands behind their backs when the other team has the ball. But they can play offense. They are a high-powered offense that has the ability to run up the scoreboard on anybody. And I think that they're going to beat South Carolina, who's, who's struggled recently. And, yeah, they, they're playing in Greenville, but it's closer to Clemson than Columbia. So I'm picking, uh, I'm picking, yeah. I'm picking Marquette. So I think – so say they get – say Duke gets past uh, – Troy, and then gets past South Carolina and Marquette, which they're favored to do. Um, they'll play either, pro- most likely, Baylor or SMU. And I think SMU has the best chance out of emerging of that emerging out of that um, group of four right there between SMU. And it's looking like Providence. Providence is up big at, on USC as we speak uh, in the middle of the second quarter, nice. second go, half. Go New England. There it yeah, is. Yeah, got to rep those New England teams. Um, but I think SMU will likely beat them. Baylor should take care of new mexico state although they've lost baylor has lost worth noting baylor's lost the first round game in both of their last two march madness tournaments the last two years we all remember that georgia state game yeah uh they've they've been a little bit disappointing not a team you can really trust in the march madness they are a little disappointing but they've, they've messed up my brackets more than once yeah so a couple things on baylor uh jonathan motley is their star they really rely on him they shoot decently from three but not great Jonathan Motley does have a dislocated finger on his shooting hand, so be careful of that. He couldn't. He might be not 100% coming into that game. He dislocated in his last game. SMU, um, not a big team. They've got no. – basically they play five guys. But, okay, they're not big on the front court, but they're big in the back court. They play five guys who are all 6'6 six, six to 6'8". Six, they can rebound pretty well. They rebound well. They, they rebound They're well. All good. Not with big guys down low like a classic rim protector, but everybody on that team is capable of grabbing I think supports. they're a matchup nightmare with almost and their their three high scores all shoot better than 42% behind the three-point line. Wow. Uh and so they're they've got like Semi Ojale for instance is their star player scoring 19 points and getting seven boards a game. 
He plays power forward for them. Six seven, six eight, big strong guy. Not necessarily off the wing. not necessarily like yeah, not necessarily your typical power forward, but he can get rebounds. He's a physical guy. He He's is. a great screener. He's great around the rim, and he can step out and hit threes. He shoots forty three percent almost from he, three. He can do it all. He really can. He rebounds like a big man. Can drive to the rim and can also shoot like a two guard. Like some of the, I mean, forty three percent is a respectable percentage, no matter what level you're playing at. Right. He's he's really impressive. He's someone that I I want to watch out for in this tournament who can really make a name for himself. Yeah. I think I really like SMU here. I think that they are sneaky pick. They could really get, put a scare into Duke, especially judging Duke's inconsistencies. Um, they've been inconsistent all year. They've obviously rely heavily on Jason Tatum, a freshman. Um, you don't know if and and. Grayson Allen, who's a wild card. Grayson if if wild both card. of those and guys also, have bad games, that could yeah. really hurt them. And Luke Kennard, while he is consistent, he's he's known to not play well in the first half. He right. will turn it on in the second, but if you face a high a high powered offense like SMU, they might establish a big enough lead in the first half where Luke Kennard can't bring him back in the second. And another big thing to be careful about, obviously, this applies to SMU too as a as a shorter bench, like a, a they don't have a lot of depth. Um, but it's also with Duke is if they get into foul trouble, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. They're going to have a lot of problems. If Jason Tatum picks up fouls early, they don't really have a guy that can replace him as that kind of presence as like a wing player, as a three, as a four. Um, or if Emil Jefferson or Harry Giles pick up fouls, I don't know who's going to play big down there. They don't have like anybody else. So that's something to keep an eye out for Duke. Um, if they get into foul trouble, foul trouble is a huge killer when it comes to March Madness. Um, just not getting to play your best players. Uh, and then another – so I guess we'll go into upsets that you have. Any any Cinderella teams coming out of this bracket for you, uh, DVA? Um, I mean, I think SMU is a team that's off of people's radar right now. And I think that SMU beating Duke will be one of the biggest uh, storylines to come out of this tournament. And I think Semi Ojale is going to make a huge name for himself. So I think I think there's some I think there's definitely some dark horse potential with SMU. But I do think Villanova is ultimately going to come out of this region. I think that they have proven talent. They have upperclassmen leadership who have proven that they can not only play in the tournament but win a championship. I, and I I think that I, I think that uh, they're the best team in this region. And they'll come out. Yeah, I think uh, I I have Villanova again. As for upsets. Uh, the biggest one that sticks out to me, I know a lot of people are saying ETSU is a sexy upset pick against Florida. Uh, Florida losing their big man, John Egbunu, yeah. uh, in the SEC And they've tournament. lost some bad games. Um, they could be in for a scare. I think they make it through um, ETSU. I'm not too high on ETSU. I know they have uh, that Indiana transfer, Mascara Perea, who's pretty good. Not a great scorer, so he doesn't really yeah. scare me that much. The team that I really like and that I have beating – uh, or pulling the upset is UNC Wilmington over UVA. I know that's definitely coming from the galaxy. That's out a there. controversial one. It's a controversial I, I, I one. That's a I can't hot get take. It. But I'll tell you why. UNC Wilmington was beating Duke last year at halftime in their game in the March Madness tournament. They almost they should have pulled out that game. They got unlucky at the end of the game, and they come back this year with basically the same team, a veteran squad. They've ha- they've been in this situation before. They have four guys who could score more than twelve points. They're led by C.J. Bryce, who averages nearly eighteen points a game. They have Chris Fleming, who averages sixteen, and then the biggest guy for me is Devontae Kaycock, who averages basically a double double. And this guy is one of the best pick and roll players in the country. Um, he comes off 
a lot of these screens and can and is an absolute monster at the rim. These guys like DeAndre Jordan yeah, slamming but, home everything. He could put. I, I think this team. They, I don't think so. They obviously are going to have a tough matchup with UVA in the first round. Yeah. But the thing is, UVA is one of the worst offensive teams of any high major. They don't have. I don't. I think they're the most overrated team in the ACC. They don't have a great score. Lended Prontes is their only scorer that's averaging more than ten points a game this season. They only have one guy averaging more than ten points a game. So when they need a bucket late down in the stretch, I don't Kyle know who guy. they're going to go go to. Kyle Guy, aka Guy Kyle. Kyle Guy, <laughs> aka Guy Kyle. AKA Shout out Zach Manhole. Walters. <laughs> Zach Walters, who is always good for. A, if you need some advice. Uh, hit up Zach Walters. He'll give you some sweet advice on your bracket. He's maybe a, six different brackets maybe and a six name, different winners. Maybe a name pronunciation. Name pronunciation. Him, him or Jonathan Hislop. He <laughs> can give you some great name pronunciation. Jonathan Hislop, he's more I, – I, I think of him more as the, the spelling wizard. Yeah. But – He actually – he Venmoed me for the bracket group. We have a bracket group, a little buy-in, uh, support Hoops for Hope, which uh, is a fundraiser that donates chair money to um, the Sihanouk Hospital in Cambodia, which – Basically provides medical care to like over a million Cambodian yeah, people. A lot now. of people indeed. But anyways, we we have this bracket group. Uh, half the winning earning or half the pool goes to uh, donated to that that fund. Jonathan Venmo's me for his bracket. He titles bracket. He spells bracket B R A C K E T T. It's a unique spelling. Uh, so he's ready to play. You could tell that. Anyways, getting back to the brackets. Getting back to the brackets. Um. I think so, so let me let me just wildly disagree with you on that. I think okay, UNC Wilmington, I think just looking at them, just isolating UNC Wilmington, I think they have upset potential. But then you look at UVA and I actually disagree with you. I think it's a terrible matchup for them. UNC Wilmington, while they are a great offensive team, it's like what you were describing. They they score on the interior. And I don't think you're going to be able to score on the interior against like basically hands down the best defense in the country. I mean, Virginia they can sit back and they will not let pick and rolls happen. They know how to discredit. And I mean, they, they know how to defend ball screens. They know how to stop people. If you can shoot, if you can shoot like from forty feet out, then yeah, go for it. But I don't know how else you're gonna stop Virginia. I, I get past Virginia. I think the the thing is, we could see a close game. I know it's gonna, Virginia definitely has the best chance of winning this game. And the thing is with Virginia is that they let teams. Worst teams stay in games because they play so they slow and they play so slow and they don't score well. They can't score well. They're, you don't have a guy that can really get a bucket for them. I'll give you that. They don't win by more than maybe three or four points. So, <laughs> so I think this is going to be at least a close game. And if it's a close game, you never know what happens. If they, if UNC Wilmington suddenly gets hot, goes for a run, they could pull this one out. I think, I think it's, I think it's a, I don't know. I, I definitely feel like Villanova is going to beat anybody on that side of the bracket anyways i don't think it's that risky of a pick i think it's one that could play out well um 12 seeds are I known know. i think it's a bad matchup i think it's a bad are matchup for unc wellington i think uva has an incredible defense who's going to be able to stop an interior attack that's what i think all right but, well consensus villanova moving on definitely villanova fade moving duke, on fade duke we're not high on duke uh, duke. not high on baylor hate duke not too high on florida Honestly, I think Villanova comes out of this one. All right, let you want to move on? Let's move on. All right, let's go down to the West. So the Western, the West Regional, it's got Gonzaga, Interesting Arizona, here. Florida State, West Virginia, Notre Dame, and Maryland as your top yeah. six. 
I'm gonna I'll, I'll come out and say it right now. I think West Virginia. I mean, not not West Virginia. I'm sorry. The West bracket is to me the most interesting bracket. I have spent hours staring at this. I think it's just so interesting. I could see this going any other way. There's a handful of teams that I think can potentially make a run and win it all. You have Gonzaga, who is probably all around the best team, like statistically. They're a little bit unproven. Everybody will always doubt Gonzaga for being from a mid-major conference, but they're they're a fantastic team, and they've proven it time, like time and time again this season. And then you have a team like Notre Dame, who shoots lights out, has gone against and beaten some really good ACC opponents, and has Bonzi Colson leading them, the six-five big Bonzi man, buckets. the six-five big man who can shoot the three. Six-five big man. From Massachusetts, might I add. From Massachusetts, New New Bedford, Mass, right there. There you go. And then you have West Virginia, aka Press Virginia, aka Bob Huggins, sexiest man alive. Aka, yeah, Bob's a beast. Gotta Bob's give, Bob's a beast. Bob and his stool are going to be making their presence <laughs> known. On they the will Mass. be. That's my Stage. that's my prediction. But West Virginia has one of has the highest tempo defense in the country. Force the mama. most. Force me the, home country roads. They force the most turnovers out of anybody in the entire NCAA. And they also have some huge wins, taking down, taking down Kansas and and and, the, and a really good Big Twelve this year, and they like they have they have potential. I think like Ken Palm has them in their top ten in terms of advanced statistics, and and then you have top five actually, wow top five yeah, and then you have Florida State, who when they're on they can literally beat anybody, and they've beaten basically every team in the ACC. They've beaten Duke, Notre Dame, everybody basically except UNC. But when they're off, they lose by 20 to Georgia Tech and Pitt. So it's they're such an up-and-down team, but if they're on, they can beat any team in this region. And then you have Arizona, who's coming hot off a, pa- off a Pac-12 uh, championship with Lori Markkonen. Is that how you pronounce it? Lori Markkonen. Lori Markkonen, <laughs> who's, who's basically the next Dirk, Dirk Nowinski. I mean, he's shooting threes. He's doing the fadeaway mid-range. He's elbow probably jump the most shot. efficient player in college basketball. He's incredible, and he's only a freshman, and he's a seven-footer. I mean, he's a, he's a real beast. So I think honestly, any one of those teams can not only come out of this bracket, but could potentially win it all if they get hot at the right time. So I think that I look at this and I see a really interesting case. There's going to be a ton of crazy matchups, a ton of crazy games. Expect some buzzer beaters. I think this is going to be a really exciting bracket to watch. I agree. I think that this is, I think this is a good bracket because there's a lot of uncertainty, and uncertainty makes March Madness really run, because there's teams like Gonzaga, who, obviously, are 32 and one. They're nasty, but they haven't played anybody, so you don't know really how good is Gonzaga. Yeah, but they've also proven themselves. They beat Arizona, they've beaten St. Mary's three times, and St. Mary's is a respectable team. I think they're they're six and zero against I mean, top I think 25 they're good. opponents. I think they're good. We just don't really know, and I think. And I think the other thing about Gonzaga and about Arizona are those are two teams that have been so good for the past few years and have struggled yeah. mightily to get to the Final Four. So Arizona, I think that's Arizona has really line. messed up my brackets in the past. They've really messed up Arizona my brackets. I'm a big Arizona guy. I'm a big Sean Miller guy. They've, they've messed me up. A little Western PA time. connection right there. But I think Gonzaga, West Virginia as well, they've struggled recently in the brackets, losing to Stephen F. Austin last year. That was a big one. Yeah, that was a um, and then, like, Florida State, you don't know if they're going to be the team yeah, that dominates they, everybody. They or could dominate. Gonna, they literally dominate everybody. They're not show up. So this is an interesting bracket. To me, I see Arizona coming out all the way. 
I'll say it right here, right now. Arizona is my pick to win the national championship. Little sneak peek, little spoiler alert for you, all you guys out there. But I think Arizona is. I think this is their year. I think this is the year Sean Miller finally puts it all together and takes them to a championship. And I think, and I'll tell you why. They got Alonzo Trier, their best player, back in January. So he's really only played with the team for two years, two months. I'm sorry, he was just not even two months, maybe a month, month and a half. He's been suspended for some stupid he performance-enhancing drugs. He got in a car accident and took some medication. <laughs> That's what they all say. And he hasn't been able to play hey, the team. Hey, who hasn't, who hasn't done it? Who hasn't maybe maybe rear-ended yeah, a tree? You know, rear-ended a tree to some, get some to get some zannies for under the counter. Uh, you got to do what you got to do. We've all done it. You got to do what you got to do. Anyways, he's back regardless of the circumstances. They've basically played most of the season without him and still finished with only four losses and 30-something wins. They're a nasty team. Two of those losses were without Alonzo Trier, their best player. He's back averaging 17 a game um, and shooting 40, almost 42% from behind the arc. They've got Laurie Markkinen, who's a beast. Um, they've got Dusan Ristich is another really good big man, another seven-footer. So they've got two guys in there that can absolutely ball in the, in the post. And then they've got they, – I mean, the only my only concern about the Wildcats – Arizona Wildcats is their guard play. But if their guard play can hold up, if Parker Jackson Cartwright, who's a senior and has got a lot of uh, experience, if he can play well enough and if he can get the ball in Alonzo Trier's hands, if he can get the ball in Laurie Markkinen's hands, I think Arizona, I think they're a great defensive team. They can put up points. They're going all the way. I think that's so overrated. I'm, I'm sick of reading articles that are saying, oh, well, they have Parker Jackson Cartwright back. Parker Jackson Cartwright is not a great player. He's like I don't I don't see what experts think he's gonna. Bro, he's add. a great passer. He's he's an all right passer. He's an, he's a decent guard. Like yeah, he'll play, but only because Arizona really doesn't have any other guards and to rely Allen. on. Kadeem Allen. He's been the on the transfer. team for a long time, and he hasn't really done anything. He was a pretty exciting recruit after, out of high school, out of L.A., but he hasn't really done anything. So I, I don't think that their guards are good enough. Here's my here's my read on the Western bracket. I think Arizona is gonna fall to Florida State because I think Florida State is really gonna get hot. They've had some extra time to prepare after losing earlier than they hoped in the ACTC tournament, and I think they're going to get hot. I don't think they have a very tough road to Arizona. They only have to beat Florida Gulf Coast. Sorry, Dunk City is not this year. And they have to beat either Maryland or Xavier. Both teams are struggling tremendously. So they're going to come in well-rested. They're not even going to have to be the good Florida State to get to Arizona. Then they're going to get to Arizona, and I, 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 mean, I predict that they're going to be an incredible team when they get to Arizona I think they're going to put on a display and if the, if Florida State plays to the best abilities I don't think the uh, Arizona can handle them Florida State has a very balanced attack of both offense and defense maybe the most athletic team in the country those guys are crazy and they can they can jump on the ball I don't know if uh Markinen can keep up with the athleticism Maybe because I don't know, he's, he's pretty good. He's, a, um, he's an athletic he's guy. Got, I'm not I trying mean, to. I'm not trying to stereotype. He's got two big white guys there. I'm not trying to a stereotype. Lot a lot of grit. I'm not trying to stereotype, but Florida State has a lot of athleticism. Maybe I think the athleticism here outweighs the grit. <laughs> ah. And so how that, can athleticism? Ever, it's all about the grit. So then, well, all right, whatever. Depends on what you like. And then, depends, depends on what on, you like. Yeah, it's really apples and oranges <laughs> when you think about it. But so then, Florida State is going to go on and face Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga is going to make it to the Elite Eight. West Virginia is a great team, but they I don't think they have enough scoring power to get past Gonzaga. Um, and 
And I think Florida State is ultimately going to be outmatched by Gonzaga. And I think that they can't, I don't think Florida State can play at a high level for like four straight games. I think they're eventually going to fall and Gonzaga's going to roll into the final four. That's how I see it going. Um, but it's definitely an interesting bracket. There's a lot, a lot of room for me to be wrong. Any one of these games can go the other way. Really, any one of these Big games. Big pick for me. I think Notre Dame. I think the winner of the Notre Dame-West Virginia game has a very good shot of beating Gonzaga. I think those are two teams that are essentially under-seeded, uh, being fours and fives. They could be three. They could be three seeds. They're easily. really good teams. They're both really good teams. Like you said, West Virginia, top five team, according to Ken Palm. Notre Dame, a team that made it to the ACC Conference Tournament Championship. And they're a great team. They don't turn the ball over. They're a lot of a lot of seniors on that team, a lot of experience. Um, I think the only big upset I can see in the first round here is Xavier over Maryland, which actually isn't really a big upset because I think Maryland could be the most overrated team in the entire bracket. Maryland is um, I, I, they're, they're so bad. They started of, off hot, but they've been terrible since. They, a big thing to also keep in mind when filling out your bracket is to check the injuries in Maryland. And Xavier both have big injuries. Xavier losing their star point guard, Edmund Sumner, who averages 15 points and five assists a game. They've been three and seven since losing him to teams other than DePaul. Yeah, but, the, like yeah, but one, of those, one of those uh, wins, wins against is coming against Butler. Okay. They had one good win. They had I, so, seven losses. Yeah, Xavier struggled and, a lot. And Maryland lost Michael Tchaikovsky, their seven-footer. Yeah. So they're missing a guy. They basically rely entirely on Melo Trimble, who I think yeah, is good, but... He shoots at a bad percentage. He can kill. T- he can kill Maryland sometimes no, he's, with taking he's bad a good, shots. He's a good player. He's a good but. player, but I don't think that they're going to be able to do it all by themselves. Like Xavier's got a lot of size. Trevon yeah. Blewett averages eight, averages eighteen points a game almost. He's pretty good. I think that they're. I think Xavier pulls that one out. Definitely. Other than that, I think you go chalk. Uh, another good, another happy story. Northwestern finally making it in, into the tournament for the first time ever. I know. Big shout out to them. I think that they have a very good shot at winning their first round game against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Uh, so congrats to Northwestern. Vanderbilt is very feast or famine, and I think Northwestern is going to ride their excitement of being in their first ever tournament to the round yeah. of 32. Check out Bryant McIntosh from Northwestern. He's a baller. Little white guy. A lot of grit. <laughs> Tons of grit. I, I, think, I think Xavier is going to pull it out against Maryland. I think what separates them is, like you said, yeah, both of them are struggling. Both have key injuries. But Maryland has an injury to their seven-footer. And on Xavier's side, they have a very good rebounding team, one of the best rebounding teams in the country. And they've kept it up even with Sumner's injury. So I think you have two struggling teams. What's really going to uh, pull it out for Xavier is their rebounding. I think they're not. I don't think Maryland's going to get many offensive rebounds, and I think Xavier's going to get a ton. And yeah. I think that's what it's going to come down to. I so agree. I have Xavier going to the round of 32. So I've got Arizona winning this one. You've got Gonzaga. Remains to be seen. All right, moving on to the Midwest. And the Midwest, in my opinion, the worst region. I've yeah, struggled definitely. mightily picking this region, not because it's been good games. There's a few good games in here, but because I don't love Kansas. I don't love Louisville, which are the two top seeds in this region. Oregon, obviously, I think they would have been a great pick if they didn't lose Chris Boucher, their second best player and their best big man. Yeah. Um, Chris Boucher is one of the most versatile players in the country. He's like Laurie Markkinen, but athletic um, uh, for obvious reasons. And uh, then there's like teams like Purdue and Iowa State who have been up and down this year and have major strengths but also some big weaknesses. So this is like a, this is a tough bracket to pick. Um, 
where can what can you make out of the Midwest Regional? The Midwest Regional, I think. Honestly, I I think this I I think it's the worst uh, region by far. But I also I I think there there's a lot of potential for upsets here. I see URI, and I I, I think they have they have what EC Matthews. Hassan Martin, Hassan Martin. They, they, those Alan are Alan Iverson's nephew. They have Karan, Alan Iverson's Karan nephew. Iverson. Alan Iverson's nephew, but he's actually he's in the front court. Yeah, he's, he's one guy. of their big men. He averages so about that's be nine points and seven rebounds a game. He's a solid good. player. So I think, and, and they have a, they they have an exciting offense. They have two elite scorers in EC Matthews and Hassan Martin. But what really that they have is a stout defense. They have a very good defense. And I think that they're going to come in hot. I think they're going to come in flying, and I think they're going to uh, overtake Oregon, who, like uh, Josiah said, has been struggling with injuries. I think URI is just going to ride that that Cinderella momentum into the Sweet 16. I also think that, that probably for me, the most interesting game in the round of 64 is Michigan versus Oklahoma State. Michigan and Oklahoma State are both uh, some of the best offenses in the country. So you have Oklahoma who puts who is capable of putting up like 90 points a game, Oklahoma State rather, who's capable of putting up like 90 points a game. And they have some really exciting scores. And then you have Michigan, and Oklahoma State by the way is the number one ranked offense uh, in terms of efficiency uh, in the nation, which is crazy. And Michigan's the fourth. And Michigan is also coming off of an incredibly exciting uh, uh, champion uh, conference championship with the Big 10. And they did what Duke did. They won four games in four days to to win it all after like pretend after nearly missing a plane crash. Like they they yeah that was lucky. a great story. They're lucky to be alive, and they're also thriving. They're they're doing really well. So I think that's going to be a really interesting game. It's going to be very high scoring. Defense is going to be optional, but in the end, I think Oklahoma State is going to uh, put a buzzkill on Michigan's run. I don't think they can keep it up into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Oklahoma State and Michigan. Uh, it's it sucks. I feel like the the bracket committee, the tournament committee this year, did a terrible job of of matching up all the teams that I wanted to pick. Oh, I know. I feel against the each same other. way. Like those are Michigan and Oklahoma State. Had they be playing teams like Maryland and, and Xavier, would be easily yeah. picked over those teams. Yeah, but they're, instead they're playing each other, so it makes it a really difficult. They difficult really thing. the bracket the bracketology just really crowded some some upset teams, some upset potential teams. Yeah, and I think um, it's a shame. I I agree with you though. I think Oklahoma State pulls it out. I think Michigan relies way too much on Derek Walton and Zach Irvin, who I think Derek Walton's been playing unbelievably. Um, but you can't expect that every day. And day you can't in expect game, it every day. Day in and day out. He, he was playing basically mediocre for the entire season. And then in the last month, he's been playing out of his mind. Zach Irvin, I don't think, is that good of a player. The other reason I think Michigan's not going to win this game is because they basically don't have an interior presence. Their yeah. only big mans are, are like DJ Wilson and Mitch Wagner, I think. And both of them are more three-point shooting kind of soft guys. They don't, they can't get buckets down low. They don't get offensive rebounds. On the other hand, Oklahoma State is a pretty good interior team. They've got guys, they've got guys that can score on the inside and the outside. Guys like Jeffrey Carroll, Jawan Evans is obviously one of the best players in the tournament. Probably one of the best players you haven't really heard about. He's an exciting. He's, he's gonna. Really I think he's gonna make player. a name for himself. He's a great passer and a great scorer. He makes his team better. It's really what the key is. And I think 
I think between if you're going to pick between it's basically Juwan Evans versus Derek Walton. I think you got to go with Juwan Evans. I think Juwan Evans is a much better player overall. Um, I think they win that game. It's going to be an exciting game, though. These it's are two teams an, that are definitely very. It's going to be an enjoyable it's game. The to best watch. first round game of that regional. I think the Creighton URI game. Um, another thing we're not talking about is how Creighton they lost their point guard. Yeah, that that just basically gives URI such a huge advantage. Uh, and their point guard really, was good. Really to Maurice, Watson Jr. Maurice Watson Jr. Maurice Watson Jr. First off, one of the uh, NCAA leaders in assists with 8.5 a game, which is he's, a lot. He's a very, very good, player. good player. BU transfer. Shout out Boston. Sucks to be you, though. Sucks <laughs> to be Maurice Watson after he just got arrested for rape charges. Gosh, so, dude, that is so sad. Uh, really sad story out of Creighton. Um, just they're disgraced and injured point guard. Um, out, but that definitely gives URI. URI is basically playing a team, two injured teams, essentially. If they get past Creighton, they play. They play an injured Creighton team. And they play an injured yeah. Oregon team. That's a, one of the easiest paths of any double of any um, yeah. double digit seed in getting to the Sweet Sixteen. I think I think that those two injuries and those two matchups against struggling teams but big names is is a perfect situation to conjure up some momentum. And some real Cinderella magic yep. behind URI and carry them into the Sweet 16, at least. Another fun matchup to look at if you like offense, like Michigan and Oklahoma State, is Iowa State and Nevada. Two of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. That's an interesting matchup as if well. If you want to watch a three-point contest, check that game out. Iowa State is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. And Nevada is secretly one of the best three-point shoot, uh, shooting teams in the country. I think that game is going to be a potential upset. I think Iowa State's still going to come out with the win there because they've got some real stars and guys like Monte Morris and uh, even Matt Thomas is one of the best three-point shooters I've ever seen play. And then, obviously, Deontay Burton murders people with his dunks in the post. So I think that's going to be an interesting game. Um, How do you see this game going if Iowa State and Purdue win their games? They play each other in the second round. How do you see that game going? Because that's a game of two completely different styles. I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup. I think it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, however, I think Purdue is going to pull it out. Well, I'll start out by saying that I, I really think Iowa State's going to beat Nevada. Nevada is a high-flying offense, but they're playing terrible competition. And, I mean, they're, they're so unproven. They've only played one good team, really, and it was St. Mary's, and they got blown out. They lost by, what, 18 points against yeah. St. Mary's? And that was yep. the only decent team that they played. And St. Mary's has been proven to crumble against good competition. So, I mean, I, I don't think Nevada – I think Nevada, their, their, their numbers are very inflated uh, when it comes to their offense. Everybody's talking about it as a potential upset. Everybody loves to pick the 12 or the 5, but don't get too excited just because you see those seeds. Iowa State, I, I'm very confident, is going to come out of this game. I do think Purdue is going to come out versus Iowa State. I think that it's going to be a very interesting matchup. Basically, what I'm coming down to is I'm just coming down to the defense. I think Purdue is uh, has a very stout defense. Um, they're they're two completely different styles offensively. They both have guys that can score and that can carry their team. Both have guys that can get probably what 25 points a game, 25 points uh, any game to really help their team. But I think Purdue has the better defense, and that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, I think that game is really going to come down to. Whether or not Purdue's bigs can stay in the game and stay out of foul trouble, and whether or not Iowa State is hot from outside. Because that's the thing about Iowa State is if they go red hot from outside, they're going to beat any team. But if Purdue can slow the game down, dictate the pace, and just absolutely 
bust teams, bust Iowa State up with their bigs. Biggie Swanigan and Isaac Haas are two of the best big men in the whole tournament, especially Caleb yeah. Swanigan. Biggie Swanigan. He's, uh, he's, he's going to be the, a fun guy to watch. I, I honestly think that Swanigan is the best high-volume shooter in the tournament. I think he's might be the best high-volume shooter in all of college basketball. He is a big man, and he shoots like crazy, gets like 20 points a game, and he's shooting like 45% yeah, from threes. Yeah, he really improved he his three-point shots this year. He pulls. He's very good. Purdue, obviously, with an early exit last year, um, losing in the first round, the, I think they really improved this year. Um, and, and another guy that they got is Carson Edwards, their point guard. He's a solid player as well. So keep an eye out for that. You need good point guard play. And so that's, I think, the key. You know that the bigs are going to play well for Purdue, but they really need a lot of production from their back from their backcourt as yeah. well. Um, Kansas, I think, Kansas. It comes down, I think, in the end to Kansas and Louisville. You have Kansas. I take it, Daniel. I have Kansas. Why? I have Kansas because I think they're the all-around better team. I, I I don't know. I don't trust Louisville too much. I know. Uh, I know Ken Palm has Louisville over Kansas. I know uh, Ken Palm has the like, the advanced metrics have Kansas as by far the worst number one seed. But I think they're still. I mean, they're still a very good team. They've edged out some great teams. They edged out Kentucky earlier, and yeah, Kentucky wasn't at their best. But I think they're. I mean, they're they're a very good team. Louisville, they, they can lose. They lose against uh, some of the good ACC opponents. I mean, they have eight losses on the season, and yeah, they're playing great competition in the ACC. But when it comes to a big game, I don't trust them. I don't trust them to win more than 50% of the time against an elite opponent. And that's honestly what it comes down to me. I think Kansas has an incredible offense, and I think they have a good enough defense to get by a Louisville's team who, who struggles against big opponents. Yeah, I, I, I really, really had a tough decision with this one because I think they're pretty evenly matched. They're both pretty good teams. They're both very good teams. Um, don't get me wrong. I had to go with Louisville uh, first and foremost because I'm a big ACC guy. But second off, I think one – Louisville has eight losses, like you say, but they also played a lot of the season without Quentin Snyder, their point guard, who's one of their best players, their second highest scorer on the team. And with him back and with the bigs that they have, I think they're just going to dominate Kansas in the paint. I think Kansas has basically plays four shooters and one big man, and that's Landon Lucas, who's not really an offensive threat. And so if he gets in trouble or if they're not shooting well, they're going to be in big trouble because they're not going to be able to get a lot of points because um, they're not really a post team. Whereas Louisville has got has three really good big men, in my opinion. Jalen Johnson, uh, Anas Mahmood, and what's his face? The stinking – oh, let me find out. Um, <laughs> oh, dude, he's, my, he's like one of my favorite players. The, it, really, um, it really seems like it. While you're finding him, I'll, I'll make another case for Kansas that I think – I honestly think that their early exit in the Big 12 tournament will prove to help them. Kansas is a team that right now is facing a lot of off-the-court issues. Josh Jackson is, fa- is is facing some stuff. There's just a lot of stuff going on, a lot of talk outside of their locker room that that could potentially infiltrate it. But I don't think that's going to happen um, because I think they've had enough time to deal with it, and I think they've had enough time to get focused and really get themselves prepared for this tournament. So I think they're going to be on fire coming in. Obviously, Josh Jackson coming back is is huge for them. I don't I don't mean I don't count that game against TCU because Josh Jackson wasn't in it. The combination of Frank Mason and Josh Jackson. I mean, if you're going to say point guard play is important, then you got to say Frank Mason because Frank, Frank Mason, Mason could is be incredible. the best point guard in the country. He could be the best point guard in the country in terms of 
in terms of college play, I don't think he's the best in terms of NBA prospect. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but yeah, Markel Fultz isn't even in the tournament, I know. <laughs> so that doesn't really matter. I think Josh Jackson and Frank Mason combined uh, provide a lethal combo to get them over the hump of any team. Yeah, I definitely think that Kansas, they've got Josh Jackson, who's a lottery pick, but they're only going to go as far as Frank Mason and Devontae Graham take them, their, their backcourt. Kansas is a solid team, but I think coming back to Louisville, my guy Mango Mathiang, absolute beast. They've got four guys who are 6'10 or bigger that are all solid, nasty players. They've got Jalen Johnson, Mango Mathiang, Anas Mahmood, and stinking Ray Spaulding. That's four big guys, and Kansas only has one. Louisville's a deep team. Even if they get in foul trouble, it doesn't matter because they've got lots of players. And I, and those are not even their three highest scores, which are Donovan Mitchell, who is in the running, was in the running for ACC Player of the Year, a nasty offensive player. Dang Adele, who's one of the most athletic guys I've seen in my life. And Quentin Snyder, who's just a solid overall point guard. I think this team is just super deep. They go 8 to 10 deep. Um, on their team, and I think that they're just gonna. Rick Pitino has them poised to make a run. I mean, look, I just don't. I don't think Louisville come up against big opponents as much. They're four and seven versus top twenty-five opponents. They've lost to basically every. They've they've lost to Duke. They've lost to North Carolina. Lost to Virginia twice. Lost to Baylor, Florida State. They've lost to a lot of teams. They don't come up when it matters most. I really, I really believe that. And not only that, but Kentucky is coming out of the Big Twelve, which. I mean, Kansas, I mean, Kansas, Kansas. is like, coming out of the Big Twelve. <laughs> a little switcheroo on you. <laughs> no, Kansas. Kansas is coming out of the Big Twelve, and the Big Twelve was an incredibly tough conference this year. Not only that, but Kansas's out of conference play was very hard. They played Kentucky. They played Duke. They played a lot of tough teams, and they won. They won basically everything. They lost a game to West Virginia and a game to Iowa State earlier in the season. But they have proven that they can go toe to toe with anybody who they, who, who gets thrown at them, and and they they'll win. I think that they're a really underrated team. Kansas has a very hard schedule throughout the regular season, and they did incredible things with it. They went twenty eight and four and earned themselves a number one seed in the tournament. I mean, they they did so well in the regular season that losing in their first game in the Big Twelve tournament didn't even matter. They still got the number one seed. I think Kansas is a team that can really, really show up in Kansas what is good. most. The last two arguments I'll make for Louisville, picking Louisville over Kansas, is one, I think Louisville has an easier road than Kansas to get to the Elite Eight. Kansas will have to go through Miami, Michigan State, who obviously are both having down years, but are March Madness. Like, they always are in March Madness, and they're always good. You never know what Tom Izzo can do with Michigan State, even though they're not a great team this year. Um, Iowa State and Purdue, I think, are way better than Creighton and Oregon, especially given the injuries to Creighton and Oregon. I think Louisville has an easier path to get to that Elite Eight matchup, so I think they're a safer pick. And the last thing I will say about uh, Kansas is that they are statistically one of the luckiest teams. They've won so many games by two or three points. Call it clutch if you want or call it luck, but I think it's more luck. They've been, they've been incredibly lucky, some of these games, to get hey. out. Ken Palm has them as one of the luckiest teams in comes, the entire hey, tournament. It comes, comes down to when it matters the most. What do you do in the final two minutes of the game? That's my question. Well, they get lucky. Kansas wins. That's all I know.
Bill Self's got a little magic going for him. He's got the the juice. Bill Self on is his a side. great coach. Kansas is a team that's perennially disappointing. Besides a championship run a couple years ago, they didn't win it, but they made it to the finals against uh, what Anthony Davis's Kentucky. I think so. I yeah, so that wasn't that was not a that was not a game that they could win. That team was incredible. But Kansas, I think that I yeah, think that they're going to make it to the saying. final four. I think they're going to make it to the final four this year. I think that this is their year to to say something. All right, moving on to our last and final regional, the South Regional uh, headline. I think this is the most stacked regional because there's three teams Definitely. that could have that potentially could have been number one seeds in UNC, Kentucky, and UCLA, who's a three seed that was at one point this season ranked number one in the nation. Yeah. Um. So you've got three absolutely stacked teams, um, and then you've got a lot of mid-major talent like Wichita State, uh, Cincinnati, Dayton, all teams that are in this bracket. I think that this is a really interesting bracket. Um, this is. A lot of – a lot that could go on here. I think there's a few teams that could come out of this one. Yeah. No, I think so too. The, what, I think the the most interesting storyline to me out of um, out of out of the South bracket. I mean, yeah, you have UNC, UCLA, and Kentucky. Incredible teams. All could make a run for the championship. All have pretty pretty solid Vegas odds to win it all. I mean, realistically, like it's crazy. What the, the talent that's in this bracket alone, that's in this region. I think the in, most interesting storyline, though, is Wichita State with the 10 seed. Wichita State, I read an article that was written before the picks came out, Selection Sunday. I think it was on ESPN. And they had Wichita State, and they ranked all the teams that uh, they thought would be in the tournament. And they had Wichita State as, like, their eighth best team in the tournament. Yeah. And then you also have, like, and... and, and and you also have the Ken Palm, which puts them in the top 10. Where does it put them? It puts them at eight. That's advanced sabermetrics. That's not even opinion. That's just numbers. Wichita State is a team that is grossly underseeded. And I think it's honestly a tragic, like a travesty that they have to play Kentucky second round. And Dayton and, first round. And that they have to play Dayton the first round. Dayton is a team that would, would it be a popular pick to make, a, to make a run for it if they were placed somewhere else. But then you throw Dayton and Wichita State at each other, two very exciting teams, and one of them has to go the first, first day, which I think is sad. But that's going to that's, that's gonna be an interesting game to watch. Wichita State is a team to look out for. A lot of people have them beating Kentucky in the round of 32. That'll be an interesting game. Uh, Kentucky, as an eighth seed, beat Wichita State as a number one seed, actually in the south bracket, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that, that's a little, uh, little round of 32 revenge right there. Maybe that's going to be a cool storyline. Yeah. That'll be a great game. If it comes to, if it comes to that game. Yeah. But Wichita state is a talented team. I th- I also look at a team like Butler who has played some incredible games like beating Villanova, but has also had some duds. I mean, they lose to some pretty terrible teams. They lost to Georgetown, St. John, uh, temple. Like they've lost to some pretty terrible teams. So I think that they Butler's a team that can show up to the court and lose against anybody. And I think that they will against Middle Tennessee in the round of 32. Um, I know. I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they lose in the round of 64. I know you have them. Yep. Right? I have. I have uh, this is probably my biggest uh, upset pick here is Winthrop beating Butler in the round of 64. Probably not one of the more popular ones. Winthrop's not a great team, not known to be. <laughs> anything special but i why do, love why do you pick him, Winthrop. <laughs> first and foremost got a root for my guy keon johnson the five seven stud from winthrop he's averaging 22.5 points per game 
and shooting 41% from behind the arc. And he's taken a ton of threes, and he's still shooting at an insanely high percentage. I love Keon Johnson. He's a good guy to root for. He's hit almost. He's hit 99 threes this season, which is insane. He takes over seven threes a game. He's going to be a fun guy to watch. He's a guy I want to root for. That is for. going to be a fun game. And I think, I, I mean, I think that if he can get hot, and they've got another guy in Xavier Cooks, who's 6'8", he's averaging 16 points a game and nine rebounds, and can and is shooting. 34% from three, but he steps out and takes a lot of threes as well. He's not shooting like an unbelievable percentage, but if he gets hot, if him and Keon Johnson get hot at the same time, that could be an absolute matchup nightmare for Butler. Yeah. And Butler, who could, who's honestly been playing pretty bad recently. Yeah, Butler, coming on two they, lost to, they lost to Xavier, who we've already covered this, has, lo- has struggled a ton. I mean, one of their three wins in like, what, the past 12 games yeah. has come against Butler and so I, I think Butler's a team that can that can that can go down. But most importantly, I think that that's a safe upset pick because I I'm very high on Middle Tennessee Middle beating Tennessee Minnesota and making in making it to the Sweet 16. Actually, to the Elite Eight. I think Middle Tennessee is making it to the Elite Eight because I think UNC or oh I'm sorry I think they're just gonna make it to the Sweet 16. All right, I take that back. Take that back. Take that back. Quick, <laughs> quick rewind. Quick rewind. I got a little excited there. I got a little giddy pots if you know what I mean. Um, but I, I think Middle Tennessee is freaking legit. Middle Tennessee, great storyline. Everybody remembers them from last year as the 15 they seed. Screwed my who, bracket over because I had Michigan down State, Michigan State. I that that I mean, like what? That was like the first day of the tournament. I remember watching that game, and I remember just not checking my bracket after that day. That day that that really messed me up. That really messed me up big time. But Middle Tennessee, they returned basically all their key players. Now they're only they're only better. They they have a thirty win season, a thirty win season. They got bumped up to a twelve seed. Yeah, people, Middle Tennessee literally returned. First off, let's not forget Giddy Potts, their their guy last year, who was shooting fifty one percent from three for the season. It's ridiculous. He's not shooting as good this year, but he's still a nasty three point shooter. They return all of their other players. Reggie Upshaw, who had a huge game for them against Michigan State. And then they got a transfer in Ja'Cory Williams from Arkansas, a 6'8 big who's nasty, who's actually leading their team in scoring this year. Yeah. So they, they're leading – they returned everybody from those, last year those and three got a players, new leading scorer. Those three players that you're talking about uh, combined for about 50 points a game. Just those three players. They're nasty. They have a high-powered offense. They're a, I love they're, it. Those three players could all play – for yeah. any high major team in this tournament. But they're also they're not like this they're not like a, a mid like when I think of a mid major Cinderella team, it's a team that just goes out and sh- throws up shots, gets some big shots, throw like just a really high flying offense that's just sort of like like off the cuff. Middle Tennessee though is a great team at uh limiting turnovers. They do not give their opponents second chances. They don't give the ball away. They're a very fundamentally sound team, but they also have this really high-powered offense. Yeah. I think it's going to be. I, really I think like they're going to make a run. Minnesota. Nobody expected them to even make the tournament. Props to Rick Pitino's son, uh, the coach of Minnesota, for yeah. taking them to the tournament. But they're just. I don't think. I don't see them as a great team. I think they're overseeded at five, um, and unfortunately for them, are running into a Middle Tennessee team that is nasty. Yeah, I, I, I have Middle Tennessee and Winthrop. Winning uh, against Butler in Minnesota, I also have um, Wichita State beating Dayton. Uh, other than that, I think it's pretty much chalk. I think UCLA Kentucky is going to be the matchup to watch in the Sweet Sixteen. Oh, what That's going to be a game. really exciting matchup. 
What I, a great game. At UCLA, beat Kentucky at Rupp Arena this year at Kentucky's home court. Um, obviously, Kentucky's yeah. got a lot better since them. Since then, but I I still am a little wary of Kentucky. They're freshmen. They rely on a lot. Bam Adebayo, Malik Monk, who's an absolute killer, and Darren Fox. They're so good though. Who are They're really so good. good. They're and Wenyan Gabriel, element. who played for Mass Rivals, another Massachusetts <laughs> connection. Um, Just all these recruits slipping and Brad through. Calipari Three, slipping Brad through. Brad Calipari, Jimmy John Calipari's son, who played prep school basketball in, and, in Massachusetts. And not to mention John Calipari, who came from UMass Amherst. Yeah, Ill- so illegally recruiting Marcus Camby to a basically, final. basically Kentucky is a is is a team patch like who patched together uh, some Massachusetts studs. Essentially. So you're welcome, Kentucky. You're welcome. I think that's going to be an interesting game. I personally. I have UNC making it out of this out of this regional, only because I feel like UCLA and Kentucky have such a difficult path because they have to go through each other. Yeah. So I don't know if I want to pick one of them because it's such a risk that one of those teams will lose to each other. Whereas I'm fairly confident that UNC is going to make it to the Elite Eight pretty easily. They don't really face any tough teams on their side of the bracket. I think Butler and Minnesota are the two worst four and five seeds in the tournament. Yeah. Um, so that's where I have, yeah. that's where I stand there. I think, but I think this could really go e- either way: UNC, Kentucky, or UCLA. I think I, I I think it could go either way. I do pick Kentucky here. I think UNC is vulnerable. I mean, you see this uh, like like if they play a roster more talented than them, I don't see them winning. It happened with Duke. Duke is a team that struggled tremendously this year, but they did not really struggle against UNC. Like Duke was UNC's daddy this year. That's just like that's just what UNC won one. UNC won one, but other than that, I mean, yeah, they were kind of close games, but at the same time, like Duke won two. So I I really think that UNC uh, will lose to a talent to to a more talented Kentucky, and I think that Kentucky's freshmen are really pulling it together um, at the right time. I think they're going to come out flying this tournament. Yeah, they have a tough road, but I think they're the best team in every game they play. So I think they're. they're I mean, they, they should win every game. They there might be. They have a, they have a tougher road than than they should, and they have a tougher road than other teams in their position. But I think that they're they're, just, they're the most talented team in this in this region by I think a good bit. No matter what Lonzo Ball is or Justin Jackson, whatever these guys are, I think Kentucky is going to come out of here, and I think they should. Yep. I think that that's they, Kentucky definitely has an argument. They're they're going to be an interesting team to watch. I think like like you said, them and Duke, two of the most talented, if not the two most talented teams in the tournament. Yeah. Um, but they yeah. could and, easily. I mean, UNC, they could be UNC's lost early to exit. Kentucky earlier, a close game, but they lost to a Kentucky team that was led by some very immature freshmen, uh, and now they're they've matured a lot. They've learned how to play defense. I mean, nobody. This is what this is what a lot of people are saying, and I think it's really interesting. These guys are coming out of high school, like Malik Monk, De'Aaron Fox. Nobody's asked them to play defense before, but now they are, and I think that's what that is what's most interesting to me about this Kentucky team. And I was hearing John Calipari interviewed, and this is what Calipari says every year. But he says it's just going to come down to defense, and they're playing very well defensively. Ken Palm has Kentucky as the tenth best defense in the country. And that's really impressive because their defense has only gotten better. So really that that ranking is off the backs of their most recent play. Like Kentucky still lets up like 70 points a game if you look at the whole entire season. But their defense is just starting to come in because these freshmen are really stepping up on the other end of the ball. Yeah. So I, th- I think Kentucky's I a team that is really poised to make a run. I have them 
I know, I know uh, Josiah gave away his pick to win it all. I'll give away mine. I have Kentucky to win it all. Dang. So there you have it. Yeah, my, my last concern about Kentucky, foul trouble. If, they, if Bam Adebayo gets in foul trouble, they're going to have to play Derek Willis the rest of the way. I'm not huge on their depth. I think they're a little bit – they lack a lot of depth. They lack a lot of scoring ability besides those three guys, De'Aaron Fox, Bam Adebayo, and Malik Monk. But those are three elite scores. So, <laughs> yeah, they're very, so, very good scores. Um, another thing that was tough for me was I really was feeling the Wake Forest over Cincinnati win. Unfortunately, Wake Forest wasn't able to make it out of the first four, which, uh, quick update – the first four is just wrapped up. USC storming Whoa. back to beat Providence. Storming back from a double-digit deficit. Right here, right here. To beat Billy Providence. Enfield, coach of the original Dunk City 2013 Florida Gulf Coast, is back in the tournament with the Trojans. Maybe West Coast Dunk City? Ooh. Maybe a run in the tournament? Ooh. I don't know. Nobody thought I don't Florida know. Gulf Coast could sit. They're playing Florida your Gulf team, SMU. I know. I don't think they're going to do it. I just think it's an interesting storyline that Billy Enfield's back in the tourney. So I wanted to give my guy a shout yeah, out. Definitely, definitely a crazy game. Providence was up big, blowing it. Unfortunate. Rhode Island's barely in New England anyway, so not that mad about <laughs> it. But uh, definitely tough to see them blow that game. Uh, props to Ed Cooley, though. He lost his two stars in Chris Dunn and Ben Bentel and almost took that team back to uh, – well, I guess he took them back to the March Madness tournament if the first four really counts, which is a whole another conversation in and of itself. Yeah. But props to Ed Cooley for taking a team that had no, that did not deserve to be in the tournament whatsoever all the way back uh, to the tournament. So anyways, so now with that game being over, we have the official 64 teams excited yep. for tomorrow. Moving on. We've, we've gone through all the regionals. Um, we both said who we think is going to win it all. How about some of the most interesting players you're excited to watch uh, this tournament, Daniel? I mean, I'm going to have to go with my guy from SMU, Semi Ojale. I think he is incredible. I think he's a he – can, I mean, he can do it all. He's big. He's strong. He can rebound. He can shoot the three ball as good as anybody else in the tournament. He can score slashing. He can score in the post. This guy can really do it all. I'm excited to see what he can do because I think he's a very talented player and SMU doesn't get too much exposure uh, in the regular season. I'm excited to see what he can do and if he can make a name for himself. The tournament has, has, has birthed a lot of great professional players, namely Stephen Curry. I mean, this guy, Steph Curry came from Davidson. He was making 40 foot shots. I mean, that guy could not miss. I remember watching him at Davidson carry them, uh, carry them through the Uh, tournament. Cinderella is a 10 seed. Yeah. They were an incredible Cinderella story. Davidson was a mid- big Wisconsin. I yeah, remember that game. Mid-major out of North Carolina. That, that's LeBron was at the game. Little yeah. did he know. <laughs> going head to head. I know. Seriously, what a, what a crazy, what a crazy thing to think about. But I'm I'm excited to see him because I think out of all the players, I think he can really make a name for himself where he otherwise maybe couldn't uh, coming out of SMU. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm excited to see him get his name on some draft boards. Um, I think it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think there's a. I think there's a lot of really exciting. There's there's two there's always two different storylines for me when watching players specific players in the March Madness tournament. First, there's seeing how those guys who are potential lottery picks do. So we're gonna yeah, look definitely. at guys like Josh Jackson, guys like Malik Monk, who's an yeah. undersized two guard. Seeing how he does, he's like if he can uh, play well in the tournament, yeah. he could he be can, like he, he could really be like Jamal Murray stock. or Buddy Heald to get drafted early. Or if he stock. plays poorly, he might he might have to. He might drop yeah. a little bit. There's also Guys like the, next, the next Michael Jordan, uh, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball. 
who could beat Steph Curry one on one. Speaking of Steph Curry, yeah, he's very um, good. He's a lot nice of a lot of big a lot of big name lottery pick guys in the tournament. Obviously, we don't get to see um, Mark Fultz, who's the yeah. consensus number one. But, Dennis but we, Smith and Dennis Smith. But we get to see those guys, Jason Tatum, of course, and then other Jason guys. Jason Tatum is really making a name for himself late in the season. Yeah. He has surpassed Josh Jackson on a lot of big boards, yeah. which is impressive. He really reminds me of Jabari Parker, to be honest. He's, he's a, he's great, a, he's a player. great player. As much as I hate Duke, he's a great player. I'll give it to him. So those kind of guys. And then the other people that we get to watch are those mid-major talents who are under-recruited guys who have really made a name for themselves That's on these love. mid-major teams. And those are the funnest guys to root for, guys oh, like absolutely. I said, Keon Johnson. John Johnson. Maybe the Winthrop. next Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> when you got to know what time it is. If it's the end of the second cool, second half, Keon Johnson's coming know. in for the kill. Guys like my man, UVM's own, Anthony Lamb. Freshman Anthony of the Lamb. Year, freshman of the year in the this American guy, East. All right, I was going to say, spiritual guy. this guy is putting up 25 points a game in games where UVM is blowing out their opponents by 40. This guy... Look, he's coming out of upstate New York, maybe not getting the recruiting exposure that he deserves. Maybe if he's coming out of a New York City, a Los Angeles, where the AAU programs are elite, he goes to a, to a, top, to a top team. But this guy, he, he cannot – like this guy, he's really not doing much wrong. He's yeah. a freshman. He's he putting up no big wrong. numbers. He going plays great through. defense. UVM, UVM's a team – I think they have a very tough matchup versus Purdue. But I think that they, I mean they've blown it. Like you look, go look at their schedule. Stop what you're doing right now and look up their results. They're on results. a 21 game winning streak. They're on a 21 the game winning, winning streak. streak in Division One actively right now. And it's also they're not just beating opponents; they're beating them by about 40 points. It's not even fair. And Anthony Lamb is he's responsible for much of it. And he's, he's their a star freshman. player. He's a freshman. He's a freshman. So watch him. This will not be his only year in the tournament. This will not be his only year in the tournament. I will say that right now, and I'll say it again. If Purdue loses to Vermont. Anthony Anthony Lamb will be a name you remember for a long time. That's what I'll say. That's what I'll say about Anthony Lamb. Um, any, any other guys that we could look at? Um, guys like. Well, I think I think Caleb Swanigan. Caleb Swanigan is great. He's a he's a high volume shooter. I think he has a future in the NBA, especially with these with these big men being able to stretch the floor. Another guy I know. Sixteen seeds have never beaten one seeds, but Mike Dom. From South Dakota Tell me State, about him. <laughs> is freaking nasty. Have you heard about this guy? He's averaging twenty five yeah. points in. I watched 10 their game against South Dakota. The last three games, he scored over thirty five points, including one game where he had fifty two. This guy is an absolute beast. He's putting up some big numbers. South Dakota State, not the stat good. sheet by but, Mount Rushmore. But yeah, dude, he's on my Mount Rushmore of grittiest players. Whoa, he's a beast. A regional reference. Um. If if they're gonna put a scare in Gonzaga, it's because Mike Dom is gonna go absolutely off. He might be a fun guy to watch be, on a season. That's gonna be a fun game. Uh, a couple other guys I like: um, Ian Baker from New Mexico State. New Mexico State, I feel like could put a little scare in Baylor. Ian Baker is a senior, averaging about 17 points a game. He's a solid. Oh, shooter, that would be awesome. Solid guard. I like. I would love to see the 14th seed. Upset Baylor because this year I do not pick Baylor. This year I am not going to be disappointed by Baylor. I yeah. can promise you that. I would love to see them lose in the first round this time around. Yep, Th- those are some guys that I'm really interested to watch, um, especially. So I think there's a, a lot of really fun individual players. Another guy, Dylan Brooks. If Oregon is going to go far, it's going to be because Dylan Brooks is going to take over games. Dylan Brooks, an utter freak bag. He's known for. <laughs> He's known for hitting game-winning shots and for flopping ridiculously. Dylan I don't Brooks know if you saw his flop bag. in the middle of the yeah. season. 
He basically flopped three seconds it was ridiculous. after the play, and it was unbelievable. It's just automatically um, a gif. But he's, he's a really good player, and if Oregon's going to uh, live up to their high seed, it's going to be because I'll he say, is going to have to hit shots. If Oregon lives up to their high seed, it's only because of Dylan Brooks. He's really I mean, he's, he's a great player, and he's incredibly clutch down the line. So I, I, I think it's only going to be because of Dylan Brooks. I'm not too high on Oregon's squad, um, but – Hey, maybe they'll prove me wrong. Dylan Brooks is definitely a guy to watch out for. Yep. A couple other gritty guys I like. Connor Frankamp from Wichita State. Definitely the most yeah. bald player in all of college <laughs> basketball. Check him out. Google him right now. He's like, a transfer like from Kansas. Karnowski giving him a run for his money. Karnowski, got a, Karnowski is a savage. He's a, Karnowski is something. I mean, you watch if you've ever watched a Gonzaga game, you know what I'm talking about. He looks like an ogre in the paint. He does not even look human. He's got the beard. He's got a weird look on his face, little crazy eyes, and he's dominating. He doesn't. It looks like he doesn't even jump. He just sticks his hand out and catches the ball and dunks it without even ever leaving his toes. This guy is crazy. I'm look. I'm expecting bold prediction during the Elite Eight. Or no, once they get to Glendale, Arizona, the Villagers will run at him with pitchforks and torches. He's that type of ogre. Speaking of Arizona. Another thing to think about is where the matchups are played. And I think that's another big reason why Arizona, I know I'm going off topic a little here, but I, I think Arizona has a great chance of winning because the Final Four is literally played in Arizona. They're basically playing home the entire time. The whole West bracket is essentially played in yeah, Arizona. that's true. Maybe they can sleep in a familiar bed or something like that. But at the same time, they're going to be playing big-name teams. They're going to be playing They're going to be playing a Duke or Villanova. If they get to the finals of Kansas or Kentucky, these are teams that travel well. Their fans will be with them no matter where they go. I don't know. I don't know if I buy the home court advantage in the final four into the championship game. Um, so I don't also, know. Also, want to give a shout-out to Boston College. Last year we were repping with Ryan Anderson in the tournament for Arizona as a transfer. This year, my guy Joe Rahan. Absolute Joe beast for St. Mary's. Dude left. Uh, St. Mary's has some gritty BC. players. St. Mary's looks like St. Mary's like is the Boston team. Celtics circa 1955. <laughs> this, like they, they really they're really in the they're in the wrong century. <laughs> they are really they're un- beasts. They got freaking all Australian guys at Joe Rahon. Jock have, Landale's a beast. They have Tommy Heinsohn coming off the bench. <laughs> Danny Age, Bob Cousy, Kevin McHale. It's a pretty, it's a pretty nasty team. I've, I, I like St. Mary's. They're underseeded as a seven seed. They've had a really good season this year. The only reason they, they like have losses is because they played Gonzaga three times. Yeah, um, that's true. But shout out Joe Rahon. <laughs> got to see that BC connection. I'm excited. St. Mary's is another team. I mean, look, they're completely unproven against good competition, but they are ranked 14th in Ken Palm's efficiency metrics. That's that's very solid. That's a, that's ahead of Oregon. That's ahead of Iowa State. That's ahead of UCLA, Florida State. That's Arizona. ahead of Arizona. So watch out for them. Maybe maybe they'll catch fire. Maybe they'll have more of a Cinderella team mentality and be able to really take on these these big opponents like they have nothing to lose. Yeah, they don't have anything to lose. They're they're all they have is their grit. They've studied the game. They've spent a long time <laughs> they're, studying the game. They're pros, pros. They're, they're student pros. athletes, student athletes. <laughs> if you think about it, they're student athletes think in the game. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's that's basically uh, the mo- the players that I'm really interested in seeing. Um, I'm really excited for the tournament overall. So I think it's going to be starting tomorrow, twelve o'clock. 
My brackets are ready. I'm skipping all my I'm classes. Skipping all of my classes. I'm sk- I am canceling everything that I have for the next four days because I'm the sorry, first Professor weekend of Gabriel. March. I'm sorry, Professor McGrady. I am sorry, Professor. Uh, how do you pronounce your name? Harkanuptra. He's from Indonesia. I'm sorry if you're listening. <laughs> I know you are. It'd be a huge coincidence if you are. I don't know if they get these games in Jakarta. But <laughs> Legit, though, this is the best weekend of the whole year. There's literally <laughs> basketball on the entire day oh, from Thursday to I Sunday. And I'm I am so excited. So excited. I'm, I'm sorry, Jesse Goman. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's, that's the bracket for you guys. It's going to be a great tournament. It's this is a, a really tournament. interesting. There's so many games that can go either way. There's so many great potential matchups, so many great potential headlines. You know players are going to make a name for themselves. Players that you're going to know 10 years from now because of how they play in the NBA are going to be made from this tournament. That's what I love about this. You never know. A Cinderella team like Butler has produced two bona fide NBA superstars in Gordon Hayward and Brad Stevens. This is this is well, what the tournament's all about. Butler, two back-to-back Final Fours. They're nasty. Championship but it's, this is, games. Seriously, though, this Championship is where... Championship games. 20 years ago, Butler was a no-name. 20 years ago, Wichita State was a no-name. Now they're big... Gonzaga, too. Now they're big players. Yeah, you never Stockton. know which team... Could come out this year and really make a name for themselves and become a powerhouse basketball school for the yeah. next ten years. Who knows? Middle Tennessee, time. if this is their second year making a little Cinderella run, they might start to get some lower level recruits that might sit on the bench at a at a big team, but instead go to Middle I mean, Tennessee talk about to make Jacoby a name Williams, for themselves. The guy yeah, from Arkansas. exactly. Stuff like that happens. This is how programs are built. This is this is just exciting stuff. I'm, I'm excited. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it with you guys. I I just can't wait for tomorrow. Yeah, big shout-out to Freakbag Tom Crean for not making the tournament. He sucks. I would have loved to see Indiana there. Um, but he's going to be enjoying Tom the game Crean from his couch. Man. I don't even think Tom Crean has a couch. I'm pretty sure he sits no. on, like, like No way he chairs. has a couch. He definitely has, like, his entire living room is a bunch of desk chairs. It's, it's, those, it's those wooden desk chairs without armrests, too. Those are just – that's just a Tom Crean chair. Tom Crean still lives in, like, the Hoosiers <laughs> area. Era. He's yeah. still like way back. He's an old school guy. Yeah, he, he makes his own furniture. Yeah. You already know. Also, shout out Jim Christian. Last year, last week's freak bag, or maybe two weeks ago, freak bag. Yeah, we can took we a start week with, off. Can you take some notes from all these teams that made it to the tournament and figure out how you can make it to the I tournament? Know. Seriously, how many teams have we named with Massachusetts talent? How many teams? And that we didn't even name every single one with Massachusetts talent. There's so many great New England players in this bracket. Come on, Jimmy C. Give me at least a couple players. <laughs> Give me 10 wins. That's <laughs> we, all I – I'm a simple man, Jimmy C. All I want is 10 wins. 10 wins and one good ACC home win. I'm begging you. I beg of you, Jim Christian. And with that, we'll let you guys go. Enjoy the tournament. We're excited to see how it plays out. We hope you guys enjoy it as much as I know I'm going to enjoy it. I know DVA is going to enjoy it. Yep. So uh, there you have it. Yep. There it is. Stay freaky.